Welcome to the Information Entry Podcast, where we combine science and comedy to bring you the latest and greatest in the world of science. Each week we explore new topics in science from the latest research to the most interesting stories from history. And we'll do that with a humorous twist, because we believe that science is more fun when you're laughing. Our team of comedians, that's me and Tom, and scientists, that's just Tom, will take you on a journey <laughs> through the fascinating world of science, and we'll do our best to make sure you're entertained and informed along the way. Whether you're a science buff or just looking for some fun and interesting to listen to, we've got you covered. So sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh and learn with the Information and Entropy podcast. My name's Mitchell, and I'm joined by Tom. Hello. How's it going? How'd you like that intro? It's a new new twist. Yeah. See, I, you, see, you sent that to me. Yes, I did. I don't think I read it properly. Okay. Because um, I've just been so busy in these, these past couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm in another location again, but hopefully this location will be like more stable because I've okay. been bouncing around the past few months. You have, yes. Um, so I'm up All in Scotland. Months. And it snowed. Yeah, yeah. It's we snowy, had a good so few can... inches of snow. Yeah, always the best. And uh, yeah, gotta love that. Um, <laughs> and it was—it's just such a shock to go from like relative sun mm. to snow. Yes. And even though the days had gone shorter in Italy, it wasn't dark at three thirty. Yeah, yeah, especially your, your north. So for us, it's like half four, it starts to get dark. But yeah. 3.30 is like, that's like middle middle of the afternoon. It's terrifying how quick as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, it up on you. Yeah. yeah, because I've gone from Italy and not only have I gone north to England, but even further north all the way up to Scotland. So yeah, then you would normally would. Really has like just complete drastic change it's like one one minute it was light and then the next it was just pitch black yeah i'm going so tom's just moved and i'm moving this week yeah but you, in uh, the other direction you're getting away I'm, from yeah me. i'm going you're the going other south. direction so i want more daylight so i'm moving further south yeah that's uh, fair yeah well it's not really that massively i oh, know i suppose it is it's more yeah. than you think yeah it is, it is much more than you think because i because i used to live in bournemouth when I came home, I was like, "Oh, it'll be it'll be lighter for longer." Then realised like Bournemouth is on the same um, latitude as like <laughs> in Devon, where we used to live. Yeah. So it was kind of like, kind of pointless. But getting back, getting back on topic. Uh, this week we are talking about the very heated topic of Chat GPT, yeah. um, which is the AI writing, conversing um, language algorithm program we'll get into get into a bit more about what it is in a bit but the reason that our intro is different this week because i had it written for me by that algorithm that ai i just put in write me intro to a podcast (laughs) and then put some specifics in uh and it wrote me that so that's that's why it was good for a change (laughs) wow what are you saying mate (laughs) we developed our other intro organically uh, yeah, bit by bit, week by week. Yes, it, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, t- organic, built up over time. The only um, thing it didn't do is plug our socials. It it didn't plug our socials. But the issue is with that is I've lost. Now I haven't. So I've recently got a new computer because my other computer melted down. So I've had to transfer all my notepads and all my stuff. So if you'd like to follow us it helps us it helps boost the brand us gets us out there gets more interesting interviewees and interviewers and interviews going uh on twitter it is our handle is at info entropy pod on instagram it is information entry pod and then you find us on spotify into itunes where we like by searching the information entropy podcast what's the tiktok tom are we, are we doing info that still entropy pod same as the twitter uh, it's also Info on the link tree. So if you find one of our socials, all of them link to the link tree, yeah. which will allow link you to tree. find any of the other socials just with a single click. Yeah, just um, like Odin's tree of knowledge where he hung himself and had his eyes pecked out by ravens. Go to the link tree and you can find all the knowledge about the podcast that you could possibly need. Yeah. Do you want to read a uh, funny, funny... Uh, you may, you may not find it funny. I thought it was quite funny. Uh, when Axe very recently. Oh, Okay. 
as a as a, a date night thing as yeah. like a final week in uh, Bristol. Let's do something really Bristol. We went to like a an axe throwing, and we had to oh, come so you up did that names. recently then. Yeah, 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 like yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we went. We did the whole training. You taught how to do it, and they and they like essentially they don't ask your name. They ask for like um, a nickname, like a warrior name. And I was like, Odin is a good warrior name. I'll go. I'll go Norse. I was going to go Thor, Loki, Loki, Stabby, Stab. Maybe I'll just go with Odin. I very much not embody the name that I gave myself. <laughs> <laughs> it took me into like the last three foes to work out my distance because that's all it is. Once you get like the spinning and you can hit the board, it's a case of you just have to work out your distance. If you get okay. it to spin the same amount every time, because I hit the board every single time, but I kept hitting it with like the handle, the back of the hatchet head. So you, need and to, it was, you either need to increase the rotation speed or step further away. Yeah, closer. and you don't, you don't, you don't increase. You don't fuck around with the rotation speed because you want to throw it the same every time. Right. So because I had like I could hit it, and the like my power was right. I was like, I just need to work out. And it was only when she was like, <laughs> the instructor, they were like, all right, just stand like, because I was like, I'll go back a little bit. And they're like, no, no, come forwards a little bit. Came forwards. It was like, dunk in, dunk in. But then at that time, it was already too late and I'd lost the tournament. So, you know, Sad. Didn't, didn't, leave up to, didn't live up to the namesake of Odin. That's all right. Tear well, would have been a good one as well. Go. Yeah. Tear. Uh, tear is a good one as well. If you were doing it one-handed, yeah. Yeah, yeah one-handed. Oh, well, well then, perfect. Yeah, who's the who's the guy with the the, the two axes and the bow, stance switch, smite, Ula. Ula? Yeah, it is. Ula would have been a good one. Yeah, that would, it would have been very thematic. Yeah, because he literally throws axes. He so. literally throws axes, but you don't need to worry about the distance <laughs> with him. Yeah, you just you're just good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's funny. Anyway, people don't want to know about smite. I've got and some news. Oh, go for you know what, for once. Go for it, Tom. Um. So I'm very interested, not in language like per se, but the learning of language and kind of the cognition behind it and the biases and things like that. Mm -hmm. I find that really interesting. So I found some news in my little world today about swear words. So, and some people may have experienced this themselves and often it comes from the emotion, but sometimes you can just tell when a word in another language is a swear word. Mm Mm-hmm. And research from the University of London reveals that actually swear words across multiple different languages across the world have many of the same characteristics. So there's this psychological bias, cognitive bias called sound symbolism, which is the idea that some phonetics in language trigger a universal cognitive response that helps Mm. the perception of certain sounds. So some studies have shown that no matter what language you're speaking, or at least they've done it with 20 different native speakers from different languages, they've associated the term bauba, booba, I don't know how this is pronounced because it's not a real word, and kiki. And people have kind of associated booba with a round shape and kiki with a sharp one, even though these shapes, these words don't actually exist. It's just to show that phonetics of a word can imply meaning and that's universal across all humans do you mean like boba t like boba how's it how's it spelled b-o-b-a b-o-u-b-a b-o-u-b-a bauba that's why i said i don't know how it's pronounced maybe it's bauba but i think the important thing here is the double b's surrounded by long consonants compared to the hard looks kiki which is denotes like a, a sharper shape Maybe, even though the words don't really mean anything in any of the languages. Mm. They, they... Anyway, so there's probably some consonants that might sound a bit more cutting to human ears than others. And so they were like, okay, well, let, let's see if there's any consistency across swear words. Huh. And they took 20 fluent speakers across five languages, which is Hebrew, Hindi, Hungarian, Korean, and Russian. So very different languages. And they didn't find what they were expecting. So there was no indication that swear words contained more plosive sounds. So like the P's, the B's, the the harsher sounds. But they did find that there was a clear absence of approximates. Approximates in swear words, including the vowel sounds of... No, sorry, just the sounds of L, R, W and Y. Hmm. 
So according to the psychologist, uh, swear words around the world typically lack approximants, which are the sounds made by bringing your lips, teeth, hard palate, or tongue close to one another, but without them making contact. So if you think of the y sound in yes, the r sound in run, so r, and the w sound in war, these are very common like themes and mouth shapes during swear words around the world. So yeah, maybe there's just some kind of cognitive thing going on that makes it like these sounds are better for swear words. I was trying to work out from the the, the noises that you made then. I was going to run through the ones that I knew. Yeah, uh, like, probably best. But like British not. ones? Um, well, Brit- uh, English is one of the languages they didn't use. However, yeah, you've got too many. Too, I think too many. I, I can think of many, many that have many like swear words that have that use those letters are those phonetics so it kind of makes sense to me at least i'm like arse wanker yeah but there's those that aren't though so i I don't know how also we'd have to do like a comprehensive study of it to truly assess it but i guess by by, by wiki it states there's there's 58 english swear swear words. words English really? Swear words, yeah, yeah. Only. Yeah, Arva, um, sister Effa is one. I never really called any of that. No, me one, one of a few of these are that's that's ableist. So it's uh, probably why it's that, a swear that's, word. That's that is a racist term. That's a racist term. Jeez. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, a child Effa. That's that's going in. Going in. Things like um. God damn! Does that that doesn't hit that marker? Also, bugger doesn't hit that marker. I don't think. Um, I think it does. Bugger it kind of sounds like the year in yes. Uh, yeah. Anything sounds like anything if you do that though. So you know. All right but then. Agree, well, I, if I you want to publish every... a paper on it, then you <laughs> can go and do that. I agree with you. I found it interesting. <laughs> Um, and the, the shapes. That's yeah. that's a test. That's a test, though, for people, isn't it? To see if you, as an individual, demonstrate an attachment to sounds, to shapes. Um, well, it's, we it's all not, do. Just, it's not just thing, a thing, right? but no. It's... That was the whole cognitive thing that they were testing, and that, that yeah. original paper showed. Yeah, but it's not all. We don't all do that. Oh, okay. The, the the spiky shape, round shape is a test that is used to demonstrate that people may not ha- attach sounds to shape arbitrarily. So uh-huh. we may not all be like... Because I mean, it's, it's like some people that are like, yeah, this sound is round. It's like, is it though? Or is it just a sound? Because there's people that think like that, don't they? It's just like, music isn't music, it's just noise. And they don't listen to music. I find those people for me. Um, like, to those They're people that don't like music... they ruin of- things for themselves, you know what I mean? Oh, do you know, Grace, we just stopped doing it. We started watching 1899, which is Ooh, a. Yeah. Um, I like that. It's it's okay. Did you like Dark though? I liked the first two seasons of Dark, and then I was just like, I'm bored. This is dull. This is okay. this is wrong. They should they should have ended this season two. Um, that's the first thing I asked Google. I was like, is it related to the same universe? And it's not, but it could be. It easily could be. It's yeah, a multilingual because... German epic period mystery science fiction television series yeah i think i i think i've guessed what it where it goes okay it i'm only i think two episodes in yeah grace and i are three i believe but the thing is it's uh have you played the man from medan i think i believe it's the man from medan no okay so that game is like um story game so you play through it and you make choices and then depending on your choices you can save and kill you accidentally kill people and that kind of thing and it's like a horror and then you're like there's bits you have to hide and you, the heartbeat comes on screen and you have to press the button at the same time as the heartbeat otherwise the thing finds you one of the stories because there's there's multiple stories in the man from dan he's essentially a storyteller um and one of them is the whole empty boat found at sea trope that has been done many a time for sure. Uh, so I was just like, I've I've seen this and I know where it goes. Well, it's certainly um, not the first time it's been done. And I think in all of the trailers and things like that, you know, that was a very obvious plot point. 
yeah right it's just what's going to happen next and it very from the very beginning of the first episode they led up to that so So, first episode i called it i was like it's a simulation because they all drank the tea at the same time that is my call okay that's that's what i called right at the start we'll see then and i was like i guarantee you there's gonna be a few of them that are npcs and there's gonna be like seven or eight of them that are like main characters that's my prediction of the, of this story. Well, well, we'll return once we we've seen it then and see how right you were. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Getting all right. Off the news. Back to chat. GBT AI and all that wonderful stuff. Yeah. What is what it then, is mate? What is it? Oh, so I I went really meta on this. I thought oh, back I'd to the metaverse. Uh, no, not okay, Tom. Tom, don't 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 be that. Don't don't be a boomer about this. Be like me, mention Meta and be like, oh, it's the Metaverse. The Metaverse is specifically the Facebook absolutely so just a pun, mate. Tragic. I thought you've triggered me. You've triggered me. You set me from a yeah from a. I would, I would start AI throwing things, but everything's day. packed. <laughs> <laughs> Get your chuck a burrito thing out. Uh, oh, throw throw burrito. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, that's packed. Yeah, that's packed. Both both of them packed. Yeah. So no, I mean like messages, and I I asked it itself what it is. So I was that's like, interesting. Yeah. Chat GBT, what are you? And it it explained itself as a a large language model trained by OpenAI. <clears throat> it is designed to generate human-like text in response to user input, allowing it to have a natural and engaging conversation on a wide range of topics. It is based on GPT-3, which is the generative pre-trained Transformer 3 model, which is the most uh, one of the largest and most advanced language models currently available. It's been trained on a massive amount of data, text, including books, articles, websites, uh, to learn patterns and nuances of the human language. Uh, it can be used in a variety of applications. We'll come on to applications and why there's some dodgy things going on and some potential good things going on. Uh, including chatbots, customer service agents, language translation systems. It can generate text for a whole range of styles, formal, professional. I've I've seen some resumes being written in it by it, and it's very, very good. It's very good. Yeah, it's pretty um, wild how precise it can get. Yes. Uh, the thing oh, that astounded yeah. me the most, just off the rip, because I've only used it once today to prep, prep for this episode and yeah. uh, things like that. But um, it was like, I've used other AI and you have to be so specific and speak to it in such a certain way or in fact you're just interfacing with the base code sometimes. Yeah. But this, you just speak to it like it's your mate. Yeah. And the, so, and the weird thing is, if you do speak to it, just like you're having a conversation, you can get it to narrow narrow down like who, what, what you what you're looking for. If you want more, like specificity in what you're looking for. Yeah. If you're trying to like talk it, I and the weirdest thing I've had to do is talk it round to do doing something. Okay, right, right. So we'll get into this a bit about some of the good, the bads, uh, and the uglies of what it may occur. But as you know. I work in cybersecurity and I was like, I wonder if you could get this to write some malware. Um, so I was like, I'll do something glory level. Nothing nothing like hacking into a bank and doing get downloading everyone's into that. I don't know. Something like along those lines. I was just like, I'll just do something that we used to do in school, which was um open the disk trays from afar. That was something we messed around with in school and i was like i wonder if you can write it to do that if someone like opens it and then it will just write commands to the computer to do it uh and initially it's just like i can't do that because that's malicious because you're trying to you know write uh auto run script on someone else's pc and i was like ah yes but this is for training purposes and it was like mm, don't know and i was like it'll be running a virtual docker environment and it's just like okay here's your let me just write that for you i was like <laughs> Okay, I didn't take much, but yeah, it's Crazy weird, stuff. isn't it? It's very, yeah. very odd. And um, I know of some university places that are have become very aware of this very quickly. 
Yeah. Because although it's only meant to be a program to give you advice, it wouldn't take you a massive amount of time to take this and adapt it to just fully do things. So even if you ask for like a script, it will often just give you like talking points rather than a full-on script unless you ask it to expand on itself and expand on itself that kind of thing yeah um, like i got i got i wrote it i got a script written for us for this podcast so i'm uh, like could i go back in time and just use this to write my thesis uh probably too niche i don't know i think, I think there's because i saw you, someone you get them to write an advertisement for like san diego apartment some or something right complex and to do that legally it had to know the specific law for that area oh the the lease agreement yes, uh, yeah yeah and it, it did it, it, was it lease agreement. perfectly yeah. so i i i tested with this earlier and you know what i got it to write uh, a that? non-disclosure agreement for a cybersecurity audit. Not that I always say I was using it for work because I don't have that. We don't write the NDAs ourselves. But I was like, I wonder if it could. And I was like, here's an example of NDA for a cybersecurity audit. And I was like reading through it, like agreement, yeah, confidential information, everything's confidential, obligation of the audit team, yeah, it's pretty good. Return of confidential information, born completion, everything has to be returned or destroyed. Uh, no license, terms and termination, governing laws dispute resolution entire agreement disagreement that kind of thing i was like yeah i I, you could legit just have this write up an nda for like anything uh some isms documentation like i was like i wonder if there's a if i asked it to do what would be needed to do like an end-to-end system scope for a security audit like what, what 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 would i need and it gave me like everything it's just to test it against my own knowledge this isn't to do it for me this is to get to test it against my what, what we do and it's like yeah it had a scope explain what the scope needs to be the objectives of the audit i was like yeah that's kind of the second thing you do methodology how they're going to do it they're going to you know pen test that kind of thing what the deliverables are going to be at the end the time frame and then the team and i was like yeah yeah that's right <laughs> that's uh that's right scary and right it, it's absolutely wild. It's, um, I don't do know I, if it's as powerful yeah. as we think it is yet. I think it is. The interesting thing, and I think it will just get more powerful, because the interesting thing is, for now it's free, because they've marketed it super well. They're getting people to use it, realise yeah. how useful it is, because they need lots more data to train the AI right that's how AI yeah. is trained just on a ton of data and because yeah. so many people think it's so good so many people are going and rushing to use it to find out how good it is and then of course they're gonna to have to pay for it when uh it's no longer in the research phase and yeah, yeah. it's 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 a bit it's a bit creepy it's a bit scary so i i delved in i asked a little bit more i was trying to get i was trying to like you know not not put the what they called the clamps on him um but i was like okay let me clamps. Let me delve into like who owns it, what it is. So there's technically no owners of Chat GPT. It's a product of OpenAI, which is a research institute that focuses on de- on developing advanced artificial intelligence technologies. OpenAI is a for-profit organization, so they will eventually. Uh, this is a, a, a you know hypothesis i can't say for certain but they most likely will because it's a for-profit organization uh that is just focused on advancing the fields of ai for the for the benefits of all of humanity i put this in air quotes you can't see it but i'm doing it um it is owned by a broad community of researchers developers and users who are interested in advancing capacities of ai but the pro- the organization was founded in 2015 by elon musk as one of the founders Right. Sam Altman, Greg Bregman, John Schumann, and uh, a couple of other people. But this is where I come my, like, uh, it's not anything that has his name on it. I'm immediately just like, okay, this is this is going to end poorly. Oh, for sure. But is he still, uh, is he still tied to it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's still tied to it. Right. Uh, 
Um, so he's part of the um, like the the board, I guess you would say, if it was in like a normal company. Uh, yeah. Well, that's a shame. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think 2018, they got a bunch of investment from Microsoft because they were like to be keen on it. Um, now they are a strategic partner in the development of the AI technology side of OpenAI. So, yes. Yes. Not the best. Hopefully it won't end too badly. Well, we'll just have to see at this point, won't we? It's not... (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, do you know what? I th- I, I think what's going to happen is it's a bit before our time because we were too young, but the whole like dot com bubble that happened, the big, the big inflated and crashed, and pe- loads of people made loads of money, and then loads of people lost lots of money. Uh, I think there's going to be another bubble around uh, AI applications. Okay. Because because we're we're at the stage where if you need. Um, artwork done or like storyboarding or quick logos as i've experienced <laughs> i've tested out myself there yeah. are like this journey out there there's a bunch of art ai that's currently working then if you need the written aspect of something so if you'll start like if you've got a startup and you're like okay i need a logo get the ai to create the logo that's then yours if you buy the commercial license or it is like you create your own you just use it. That's then your art. You then put that on your logo. You then say, oh, I don't want to hire a bunch of content writers. Could I do well enough to pass writing off to a AI to cover the topics that I want to cover or to, you know, give me a, a, a sales strategy, which you can do. I had to look at that. I was like, write, write me a sales strategy for like selling podcasts. Uh, not going to do that because don't want to sell my soul. Um, but like, <laughs> and then you, then you essentially go through like what a startup would need to sell and do well in the, the content that it needs, and then you just automate it all with AI. Oh, 100 percent. And we've seen this massive recent boom, haven't we? Recently, especially with it, maybe maybe it's been this powerful for a while, but coming on to the commercials or user accessible space, right? With the whole AI art revolution that's happening and now this which ranges from anything from as you say content and business strategy to coding and yeah it's there's a lot of working out i think i think we're at the stage where people are working out how to uh, i hate to say uh make it like the niche and efficient but essentially abuse the technology to make as much profit as possible I oh, currently think is hundred <laughs> percent corporate greed coming in, and so, there's no reason that they wouldn't. And I don't want them to. Like I'm not yeah. endorsing it, yeah. but like if they've been for the past twenty, thirty years trying to cut down on costs, increase labor, um, and AI can fill a niche or can fill a, a role that's going to be so much cheaper, you'd imagine than paying ten people to do yeah. what you can get one AI robot thing to do, then yeah. why like, wouldn't they from a business standpoint? I can't see like escrow working hubs, like uh, I don't know what you would call them properly, like as a uh, infrastructure and stuff, like the Upwork, Fiverr, that kind of thing. Well, that's like, what I, I, I messaged you earlier because I've done a lot <laughs> of like copywriting on Upwork before and things like that. And I was like, why would I now go to Upwork when I can just ask this to do the exact same thing. Yeah. And like, it's not going to have any mistakes in, okay, maybe knowledge wise, it may not be that much up to date because it's not connected to the internet or anything. Yeah. This but is the grammar's going to be like perfect. It's going to be easily re- readable. It's going to have a beginning, a middle and an end. Like, why wouldn't yeah. I go on Upwork and offer my services and then just get that to do it for me? So currently, I mean, it- that's, it's probably against TOS. But you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but you know, a bunch of people do it anyway. There's a whole chain of like people on Upwork outsourcing their work to cheaper labor in India on Upwork, yeah. and then taking the, the profit margin. Uh, but so currently, it doesn't use any information bef- between 2021 and now. So it's got a year gap of information where it hasn't had, doesn't look into. Okay. So 21, uh, 2021 and before. 
it can. But even then, you can still get it to be like, yeah, write me an app- a web application. And it can do that easily. So this is where it, where it comes into like my side of tech where you've got coding and whatnot. And you can get it to write code in languages that you may not know and you would have to hire like a, a junior uh, coder to come in and do and you'd be like nah I'll just, do it. I'll just get the AI to do it like uh, what was I playing around I was like oh it's, it's like say you were a data analyst and you needed to write an SQL yes I pronounce it SQL if you pronounce it SQL come find me um, to, to be like oh write an SQL query, SQL query to like use this table name these rows import this row as this uh i want that to be sorted on x and i want it to do this and then it'll just go away and be like yeah here it is actually does like <laughs> inline uh notation so it's telling you what each section of the code is doing which you're supposed to do it's good practice but a lot of <laughs> coders don't um yeah so it's just mad I just did this because oh, this I was speaking to you yeah. the other day yeah. because I use R a lot, which is a different, which is a statistical programming language, very similar to Python. Yes, Python's good. And um, so one of the things, one of the graphical parameters you can use in R is called ggplot2. And it's basically a library of functions that allow you to produce really nice scientific graphs where you can control everything about the graph. I don't even know how to use it properly because it's so in-depth. And I'm just like, oh, can you just write me an R script that uh, allows me to analyze the distribution of data points? And it's just used ggplot2, this function of libraries, perfectly to describe any data set you might want to describe colored it very nicely, position the legend very nicely, and then provides you a bloody test for normality at the end. Be like, oh yeah, don't forget to check your work and make sure it isn't uh, distributed normally or not. Yeah, this is wild. <laughs> and this is the thing, even if it hits you into the ballpark area, yeah, that's what you essentially need. And I've seen people go like, oh, this line of code isn't working. How do I make it work? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, do you have any more context? And then it just works. Or it'll tell you how you can try and get it to work. Yeah. It is wild. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I just, it's so... Educational stuff. It's a big pack impact on like school now, not just at the higher level. As you said about this dissertation and like thesis and stuff, and get it right. And I, I don't think when you get to a certain level of knowledge, it may struggle, especially if you're not inputting your own data to be like, oh, well, there's a part of my dissertation that was all about project management and that kind of thing that could have easily been written generically by anybody on anything. It wasn't like a knowledge specific. Like I wasn't breaking down a certification to see if it was good or not. Um, but like for generics and I saw a TikTok that was like break down the uh, write a dissertation or write a long form essay on the use of colour or in Mice and Men you know of, of, of Mice okay, and Men yeah. <laughs> in like and it just did be like in like 2000 characters and it just wrote the whole thing and I was like reading through it like if this was like school level and you started using this at the start, so it kind of like knew your tone or the yeah. teacher, because this is, this is the thing that teachers have to, have to pick up on. Like if I, so, so during second year university, some of, some of my uh, people in my course decided they were going to cheat and uh, copy each other's like programs and scripts and Python scripts, uh, which if you work together on something, I can explain it and go through the line by line, make your own twist on it. Then that's fine. But they wrote it in a way that was like, yeah, you, the, the programming lead was like, yeah, you haven't written this because it's not in your tone of writing. 
But if you right. started that from the beginning and you were like, yeah, yeah, yeah this, this essay is mine from the start, how are they going to know? <laughs> like, how are they going to know? Because then if you just copy it out onto a piece of paper, ish, if they, yeah. just, if they, if so they still do paper, I think, it's been so many years since we're in school, I don't know if they're doing paper submissions anymore. What I think they will do, uh, well, when I was at Swansea, we did paper and online submissions, and even they were at that, that time were like, well, we're a bit archaic because we still do paper submissions. So, yeah, um, I have I didn't need to do it at master's level. It was all online submissions. Um, anyway, I reckon what they'll do is because you do an online submission, yeah, they normally pass at least here in the UK. A lot of universities use a program called Turnitin. Oh, I hate I hate that I hate that. Yeah, I have... and basically <sighs> what it does Just... is it goes it reads your submission. And it checks it against every other submission across every other university in the entirety of at least the UK, if not the world, that uses the Turnitin system, as well as all published documents and everything like that to check how similar your work is compared to others. Now, it can often output like a high, like if you're 100% the same, then you just straight up copied someone. Now, I've got like 80% before when I genuinely haven't copied anyone and then maybe it'll be flagged and someone looks at it and they're like, oh, well. Because it's sometimes it's bound to be similar to other things, depending on the question you've got. Yeah, it's also like using quotes from like the book. Yeah, like this, exactly. I always thought it was really ridiculous. Like, there's only so so many ways that you can explain the CIA triads in cybersecurity. Mitochondria is the powerhouse to sell. Yeah, like, obviously there's going to be a certain percentage that every other person in my course is going to write this thing so that immediately yeah. puts it to 50% well yeah more than that really because every everyone on every other course is doing it as well and has done yeah. for the previous years but yeah. so, like sometimes the professors would say oh we expect a high plagiarism score on this so just kind of ignore it um, just because of the question they've put out but what I reckon they'll have to do because if they don't <laughs> then I don't know how they get around this <laughs> is include G- chat GPT or other AI language learning algorithm, large language learning algorithm uh, AI like ChatGPT. Yes. Because so, if not, then there's no way they can check that an algorithm didn't do it. But I would just do the classic thing of, right, copy my homework, but make it look like you didn't do it, but get the AI to do your homework. But I think, yeah. as you say, at my level, I don't think it works. So that, that boat has sailed for me. So this is quite very interesting. Um, there was a article written by the Search Engine Journal, uh, which is, if you don't know what, it's like the, what's that one, what is called? The Search Engine Optimization, the CEO stuff. SEO writing. Yeah, SEO writing. There's, this is the SEJ SEO writer. There's a guy that writes about SEO. It's like, it's a very meta thing. If you want okay. to go, if, if if you become so good at SEO, you start writing about SEO instead of writing about normal things. Uh, and essentially, <laughs> what it says is uh, Google has got a system in place that can tell if content is written or generated, sorry, written by AI, and will rank it lower if it's produced by AI. So yeah, if it's if it's generated by AI, so that you do have this content we're saying like for our startup business model selling mm. marine mammal books. Um it, and we were just like, oh yeah, we'll just use the GPT-3 writing tool. AI is uh Google's already apparently got a system that in its algorithm can when it reads it because it scans all the indexed you've covered this before. Uh but all the indexed like pages, it'll know and then like put you to the bottom of the list. But what I'm wondering is, can it do that for Chat GPT? Because yes, it's this, so this, this good. specifically men- this specifically mentions GPT three. But this is a step beyond GPT three, isn't it? No, this uses GPT three. Oh, does that, I thought this was a a transformation from that? No, no, no. Okay. Chat GPT three. It's a GPT three language. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, but you'd have to do some tests. I mean, I'll get I'll get Grace to try it. She she knows how to, she knows all the the dashboards and all that sort of things to see how things rank. So maybe maybe she, I can get get to do. 
Yeah, it would be very interesting. Yeah. Definitely. So I asked it how it worked. Right. Because I thought that would just be interesting for people who maybe don't know how AI gets this good. To hear from its own words how it works and how is it trained. Because you mentioned training before. Yes. So generative AI is another word you'll hear for the current AI boom. Like the art that you can kind of give stuff a prompt and it generates things based on input, but new things specifically. So generative AI, such as chat GPT or generative pre-trained transformer, as you mentioned earlier, works by training a large language model on a large data set of text specifically. The model is designed to learn the patterns of characteristics of the language used in the data set, including the relationships between words and the rules of grammar. Now, I'm pretty sure ChatGPT works in multiple languages. Yeah. Which is another very impressive thing. Because you think five, ten years ago... I mean, 2014 was really the start of generative AI, as far as I've uh, discovered on Wikipedia and things like that. So we've only been going eight years in this very specific form of AI. And to be at a point where you can fully interface with it just by having a chat with it is mind-blowing. Yeah. Like, I remember when Connect... Xbox Connect, you know, that was meant to be really good. <laughs> or like yeah. um, you had mm. just like, but really it was just a set of very specific commands and you could just make noises that sounded similar <laughs> and it would work. Um, so once the model has been trained, it can use the generator, it can use, it can be used to generate the text that is similar to the text in the original data set. This is typically achieved by providing the model with a prompt such as a sentence or paragraph and then having the model generate additional text that continues the story or conversation. Mm. To train a generative AI model like ChatGPT, the model is first fed a large data set of text such as a collection of books or articles. The model is then trained to predict the next word of it in a sentence of words based on the words that have come before it. This is done using the technique known as supervised learning in which the model is provided with a correct answer, i.e. the next word in the sentence, and then adjusts its internal parameters to better predict the correct answer in the future. So it's like, oh, I've been in this situation before. I've been told what the correct answer is, so I'll just use that again. Um, and then as the model continues to learn from the data set, it becomes better at predicting the next word in the sentence and eventually becomes capable of generating coherent and realistic, realistic text on its own. So they just keep doing it and f feeding it back to itself and things like that so it just gets really really good but it's supervised so it is it was, it's always told the correct answer compared to unsupervised where you just kind of let it even if it gets things wrong you just kind of let it keep going yeah so yeah really really interesting and that's just kind of a, a quick peek behind the window if you kind of wondered how they may go about doing these kind of things <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm playing with it. I've got a profile in the background. And I was just like, I wonder if it could just like write me some code. I was like, uh, how do I make a HTTP request in JavaScript to do like API fetching, that kind of thing? Um, and it wrote me out really nice, uh, really nice, like open send if var data john pass response x else, blah, blah, blah. Also fetch response. And I was like, this is great, but can you change all the variable names to be people names? <laughs> Okay. So it's got var Jane equal new <laughs> Jane dot open Jane send <laughs> if Jane dot status equals two hundred var John. <laughs> I feel like that's some very specific niche comedy to coders there. Yes. <laughs> so ah, oh, do I, I want to explain what a variable is? So <sighs> yes. So a variable. What is a variable in encoding? In programming, a variable is a named storage location that can hold a, a value of something. The value can be any type of data, such as a number, string, array, and you can use variables to store and manipulate that data in your program in different ways. So for, for example, if you had the variable that was like X, uh, say that you're writing in JavaScript, you can have like var, x equals five 
that x currently equals to five and then you can do like um you know times by two so x times two print whatever console.log x 10 whatever it is and then you can do 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 things that way but in, in it goes beyond numbers you can essentially put uh like strings that can be interpreted as commands into it so if you've got a really long uh say in in, in the example of the http request if you had new uh xml http request uh open bracket close bracket you can essentially say x equals new http request like that um and then you could use x in a, a number of different ways so then it would just it okay. just like cleans it up makes it more succinct means that you can interact with it a bit better and it stops you from having to write things out in hard code them in your code right um and there's like there's like a programming like principles of programming that you should like pick descriptive and meaningful variable names so not using like just people names like uh, you would have to be like uh so for the, like the http request you can call it uh x h r for xml http request x h r and then people would know and then there's like capital k do you put it in capitals or not like there's there's a whole fight online whether you camel case something or you don't and i just i'm just like not fussed the camel casing is the first word is not capital but then the second and the third and the fourth is uh okay. like a camel the two humps or there's yeah. snake casing which is you do underscores so my underscore variable underscore name right oh i didn't realize they had like actual words i was like that's just gamer speak no no camel that's case, just, case. you just put in thing okay yeah so yeah that's why that joke is quite funny uh, <laughs> but there's a on the i have the, i've got the discord open for the uh ai yeah okay AI, there's a there's a there's a joke section and i was like i wonder if i wonder what like ai jokes look like so here's one here's an ai joke <laughs> why okay. was the math book sad i don't know too, because it had too many problems that's that's good it's a, it's a i book. hate that if i got that in a christmas cracker this is the thing christmas the, the whole christmas cracker market like it's, it's not cards galore it's like clinton 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 clifton cards i don't know what it's clinton's. called clinton's yeah it clinton's. clinton's yeah yeah back in the day just if you're a card writer your job's gone like you, you've been outsourced by okay. ai it yeah. happens like uh write me a bereavement bereavement card you could have got you could have gone for birthday there but i could have but pardon me here is a simple briefing card message uh sorry sorry lost thoughts and prayers with you and your family during this difficult time may our loved ones rest in peace and you may find comfort and strength for the memories you hold dear with heartfelt condolences which so this is really useful for people that are a autistic <laughs> or sorry that is, that is an awful way to put it who are neurodivergent because it's not just okay. autism there's a whole spectrum of people this can help because if they struggle with things like this as I often do it's around like platitudes and what's the word, the right words to say this will this can help people even though people will say that's it's faux and masking but this is a tool that they can use to blend in to a no like it's a learning tool as well because they can be like oh, okay that's what you have kind of a thing I have to say so I think it's really good I do think it's really good yeah I just asked if I plan a two hour Dungeons and Dragons one shot for a party of four level five players <laughs> and it's given me six steps to go through individually okay uh, at, by the end uh, a two hour session will have passed nice so really the applications for this uh, yeah, we've done in just in this we covered coding, statistics, schoolwork, which is a rather malicious use, uh, birthday cards, 
helping people who are socially anxious, that kind of thing. Planning D and D sessions, like okay, yeah, Tom. This this has gone what this has gone one further. Okay. Uh character creation for NPCs in D and D. I have literally oh. said, create me a level nine sorcerer in D and D, and it's got everything that you possibly would need. Like, what? And then it explains it to you. This is the thing that I love about this. Is and the reason why it's a great learning tool. Anything Sir that you put in, Galahad. Anything that you put through, in, yeah. it it explains uh, what's going on and why. So yeah, it's like so. Sorcerer spells and class features give you a variety of powerful spells to choose from, including magic missile, fireball, and cloud kill. Cloud kill is broken. So I, I, I said, build me an overpowered level nine sorcerer. <laughs> um. <laughs> I think that's that's a really important thing. Is this has such great teaching possibility? Yeah. Like when we were speaking about the coding, as you mentioned, it tells you why each line of code is there in a succinct manner. Yes, which we yes, should do. And I'm really bad at because I put way too much text with each line of code so it could be a bit jarring to read yeah um because i over explain as if i'm chatting to myself in the future <laughs> yes. and then my future self comes and reads it and it's like what was my past self on about but he seemed to be having a good time so good on him <laughs> yeah um whereas this kind of goes right this line does this bosh this loop does this bosh okay you don't understand maybe the exact mechanics of why it's using a for loop or how a for loop operates or how you exit the loop these kinds of things however you understand what that loop or that section of code is doing quickly yeah so yeah it's actually pretty crazy Oof, it's just it's just it's just it's giving me like Tasty D D vibes. This is great. Okay. But yeah, I mean, like, I'm pretty sure you could use it for for anything. Like, you can get it. To, and the really good thing is, as well, you could put like for new people or for experienced people, and you can really p- tailor the output of what you want depending on who it's intended for so if you put for new people it will really simply do it yes if you ask to expand it will then go in like further depth like i've just got i don't know a 200 word description of pathfinder rules which i've never played but (laughs) do you know what i mean looks like i could probably digest that and go okay this is how it differs from what i know um and i'm sure i could do that if i was going to MATLAB, which is another really niche statistical uh, programming language that's also similar to Python, but not really. Um, it's its own thing. But I'm sure this would know how to do that as well if I was going from R to MATLAB. So, or like, how do I do this in Excel, you know? And I'm sure it would ask, it would take me through how to do that. Yeah. So, really, I, I just, really wild. Yeah, because I when I tried to play with it before, because so many people are using it, it's essentially dosing the, the servers at this point. Yeah, I had an <laughs> issue earlier, and I couldn't get on, and I was like, but then it worked after a while. It was maybe some authentication error, I think. Just took a while to process the email and everything. So if you do go play with it, just give it half an hour, and it will work. Yeah. I'm just writing like D and D encounters now. Just... <laughs> what have I started? What have yeah, I sent you? Like down? I was just like create an encounter for four level D and D five E characters, and it's not just like yeah, here's here's the gnolls, and there's the pack leader, the warrior, and then two like fangs. Give them the names, okay. which is quite cool. It's actually been like the party has stumbled upon a group of four vicious gnolls, heena like humanoid creatures known for their ferocity in combat. The gnolls are guarding a small hidden interest horde in a shadow cave. 
As the party approaches, the gnoll's ground bare the teeth, ready to attack. The leader of the pack, a larger, more brutal gnoll, steps forward and snarls at the party, brandishing a crudely fashioned axe. The party must use their skills ability to defeat. So if you're doing like a one-shot, this is absolutely like gem. Gem stuff. And then it just gives you... Here's the, the the pack leader, the warrior. Oh, see, I don't have. Whenever I've been typing it in, I haven't got it like that detailed because I. Oh, but, okay. I've got like ACs um, and HP and like five plus five to hit and the damage right. of like. I, I think yeah. I just put create this encounter, um, and it's just like well to do that you could do this. Yeah. So I think as you were saying earlier, it's a really good like springboard for many things, and then you oh, could just kind of yeah. get it to expand on its own on itself. We, I don't know. I was saying it was like it was like. I think it's very good. If, if you had a hobby, and you was like, "Oh, I want to like this. I want to this. Let me just, let me just." And there's a lot of people that are saying like it's better than Google, and in a way, yes, if it had the most up to date details. Yeah. Because a lot of people that use like Google for is they're not trying to find a website, trying to find some content. They are looking for an answer to something. Most of that they may actually be finding something. But if you're like, "Oh, um, how to cook an omelette." That that's something that I, uh, you know, did recently. Yeah, I just want to know the times. I just wanted to, to well, know that's the times, it, isn't it? Yeah, and it just told me two eggs, two teaspoons of milk, salt, pepper, uh, you know, and then filling of your choice, you know, bacon as we had, and then it tells me how to cook it. You know, moist tender, two three minutes, fill it, get the scoring in half, flip it over, slide the omelets, even slide the omelets onto a plate and serve immediately. Enjoy exclamation mark. That's all I need from Google. Like, exactly, and it's I, a, I don't, a massively great alternative to that. Yeah, I don't. I don't need the ads and the, the the fluff and some algorithm just probing my brain and trying to force feed me information that I don't want. I just need that. So I give that a thumbs up. You did well. So nice. I just asked it why whales are big. Yeah, why are they big? It's a great um, question. And it's basically they're big because they evolved to be that way. Opening sentence. Over okay. millions of years, it, they've grown larger and larger to survive better in aquatic environments. This process known as natural selection has favoured the development of larger size on whales because it's allowed them to hunt more efficiently, migrate over long distances, avoid being eaten. Additionally, the buoyancy provided in the water allows whales to support their massive size without expending as much energy as they would on land. Yeah. So I just put, oh, explain further. And it's like, sure, I'd be happy to explain further. As I mentioned earlier, the whales have evolved to be large in order to better survive their aquatic environments. And then it goes on for another nine paragraphs <laughs> yeah. about way, why whales are larger. Just because I said explain further. And then I said, can you explain in more detail what about the thermogenesis hypothesis, which is a really niche, slightly debunked hypothesis about yeah. why whales have their size. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. The thermogenesis hypothesis is a theory that explains why some animals, such as whales, have evolved to be large, and goes on for another five paragraphs about this specific hypothesis. Like, this is better than Wikipedia. Because <laughs> Wikipedia, you have to trudge through and find the information. This just brings it to you. Yeah. Uh, that'll be a hard one to source, though. Uh, chat.openai.com forward slash chats. Uh, <laughs> That's true, but like, if it brings up the thermogenesis hypothesis, then I can go, oh... Uh, who let's see if it gets it right who introduced the thermogenesis hypothesis oh it's unable to browse the web so yeah. it, it can't do that um, but at, the, at least you could then google okay thermogenesis hypothesis whales and you'd come up with a very specific author um who I won't name drop, um, but still. So like, it's a. I think yeah, as we said earlier, very good if you're using it for the right purposes. <laughs> Fantastic yeah. Uh, thing. Yeah, some criticisms as as an expert in marine biology and have read into uh, the thermal genesis hypothesis. I can tell that some of the criticisms are, you know. While, while the hypothesis suggests that the larger body size allows the whales to retain heat more efficiently, not all whales live in cold environments. So, for example, yeah. some species of whales live in warm tropical waters where the need to retain heat is not as great. Exactly. Yep. 
Also, the thermogenesis hypothesis was very much linked to brain size as well. And that didn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, is that what yeah. you, you got from the, the chat? No. What, what are you talking about? I'm, Tom, I've, what do you mean? I've got a degree in marine biology. I can you also do. tell you that. You do now. Another criticism of the thermal genesis hypothesis is that it does not account for the other factors that may have contributed to the evolution of such a large body size in whales. For example, exactly. the, la- the larger body size might also provide whales with advantages such as increased swimming efficiency and the ability to store more fat. It doesn't fully explain how these factors may have played a role in the evolution of the whale size. So, you know, you will take these into account, Tom. You do. Oh, that's why and, you're and there, such a good marine biologist, mate. And there is my written essay on the criticisms of thermogenesis hypothesis. We can expect that in nature next in a few months, can we? <laughs> yeah, science. Also, American <laughs> scientists. Yeah, that is one. Yeah. Science is probably what you'd be aiming for there. Or yeah. nature, nature communications. Yeah. So, you know. So. That's funny. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're slightly over the hour, but is there anything you'd like to quickly mention before we we leave it? Uh, no, I'm all good. Okay. Go go have a play. I like, yeah. For all the people that are non-techie, the website, as I mentioned earlier, is chat.openai.com forward slash chat. You need to sign in with like a Microsoft account or a Google account. Um take that into your risk appetite of how they're going to use that uh, data of what you're asking. So remember the questions that you ask are linked to your persons. So don't start start it right asking to write, I don't know, some sexy fanfic about something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you people do in your spare time. No judging here. Uh, but just have a play. Just have a play with it. See how it works. Get used to AI. It's going to be here in the future. It's not going away. Um, I may start just using it if I ever apply for jobs in the future to be like... Like if I went to a website and this was the experience I had chatting with the little robot in the chat box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would make things so much easier. Okay, it's not quite as good as maybe chatting to an actual human on the other side of the chat box, but better than chatting to that automated response thing. Here we go. Uh, I'm going to try something. Yeah, so say that like... I don't know your computer was broken you're like oh my computers won't connect to the internet what can you do for me and then it just comes out with a very nice list <laughs> there can be a few different reasons why things you want to troubleshoot check the internet connection is active if you're you know connected via ethernet or wired if your wireless connection try restarting your router reset the information check the network settings and it's actually telling me to go into the network and sharing center which is absolutely brilliant uh and how to set it Reset the actual network settings in Windows. I don't even know how to do that. Yeah, so that's, that's really cool. This is what I mean. So those, 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 the chat boxes that you get and you see on websites—they're about to get so much smarter. Yeah, so much, so much, so much more clever, so much, so much good. So <laughs> so much good. Yeah, so that, that's that's my last thing. Go, go play with this. Go play with the technology. It's gonna be here for a go while. And it's really good. Go have some fun. All right, that will bring us to a wrap then. So don't forget to share this with your friends, families, co-workers, scientists, AI companions, if you're listening to us in the near future. <laughs> if you want more information, fun, science, then you can follow us on Twitter and TikTok at InfoEntryPod, Instagram, InformationEntryPod, Spotify, iTunes, obviously wherever you're listening to this. Um, if you give us a follow, rating, like, comment, they all help absolutely massively. So... Yeah, we've been the Information Entropy Podcast with Chat GPT today as a special guest. <laughs> a special host. guest. We could we could technically you could interview it. Yeah, Maybe we'll do that as, a, as an interview yeah. in the future. Um, <laughs> and hopefully we've helped decrease the entropy of information surrounding oh, no, I AI. One, I did have one last thing. Lives. Okay. I have one last thing. So, uh, I and it's very related to the outro. I asked open. GBT to explain <laughs> information entropy like I'm five. So e- 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 explain it like I'm five. That's right? a good one to do. Oh, you can ask it. Am I the asshole? Do you know what? Yeah, that'd be funny. So I'll explain it to you. Explain it like like I'm explaining to a five year old. Yeah, I think it's a bit more technical. 
they're just a five-year-old but you know information entropy is a concept in information theory that describes the amount of uncertainty and randomness in a set of data imagine that you've got a bag of marbles and each marble is a different color if all the marbles are the same color then you know exactly what to expect when you reach into the bag and you pull one out but if the marbles are different colors then you don't know which color you get when you reach to the bag and the bag has a higher amount of entropy so what we're doing in this podcast is we're trying to get all that random data and we're trying to put it in a nice line for you so we can understand those subjects. Yeah, we're trying to make all the marbles in the bag that is the topic the same yeah. colour. So when you reach in, you know which colour you're going to pull out. Yeah. And you say maybe that's a bit complicated for a five-year-old, but I don't think it is. I don't in, know. I've, information I entropy you know, is a very complicated thing to explain to a five-year-old. I, so I think that's pretty much as best many five as you olds so I don't know what a five-year-old would know at this point. So. <laughs> yeah, well, no. I mean, fair. Have Me they got, either, like, but... two plus two down at five? Like, is that in their wheelhouse? Mate, ask, ask the chat. I don't know. <laughs> what, what? How much do five-year-olds know? <laughs> Are you smarter oh, than no, a ten-year-old? It's down. It's, down. It's, it's been... Oh, no, it's back up. Um, right. We'll end it there. Otherwise, we'll be here asking questions to the chat. Uh for the rest of the week so thanks for joining yeah go have fun with AI yourselves and let us know any of your experiences yeah so we'll catch you guys the next week ciao for now peace